Uh, let's do some uh, liturgical training. Liturgical training, which sounds really fancy. Um, but when you were a kid, and as a, if you're a parent, and what you're teaching your own kids is, um, we teach them to say, hey, you need to say thank you if someone gives you a glass of water. Okay? And then they learn to do that. And it's kind of perfunctory, kind of smells a little bit of duty, like thank you for that. Um, and then all the way, there's a spectrum, but like when they get the toy or the hamster that they've been asking for, um, they get really excited and you don't have to coach as much. They're like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But whether it's a glass of water or whether it's the pet hamster, um, the thank you is a good thing. And so in liturgical training is we say thank you is a good thing, okay? Um, so when I read God's word, you've probably heard this before, is at the end of it, I will say this is the word of the Lord. And then as the people of God, we say thanks be to God. And it could be a time where you don't know if it hits you that hard, or if you feel all of its resonation, and it is good in the worship of God to say, thanks be to God. So I'm gonna read the scripture for this evening, and I'm gonna say, this is the word of the Lord, and the people of God say, thanks be to God, okay? Let's, let's try that. Oh dear. I need to turn it on. My fingerprint doesn't match, it's not my phone. Amen. This is God's word from Ephesians 4. And I am going to start with verse 11 tonight. Uh, but the first part talks about the triunity of God, the first 10 verses. And I'm going to start with verse 11. And he, meaning God, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. That's good. I'm returning a phone. All right, so what we've been doing um, just the last few weeks, and we've been doing it for a purpose, is, you know, coming out of quarantine, um, coming back to um, see each other again, coming back to these rhythms of worship, uh, we need to be reminded um, that the people of God and the body that God envisions, his bride, is a really good thing. We just need to be reminded of that. 
So I'm gonna give you an overview. I'm gonna give you all the punchlines, all the big ideas. I'm gonna give you the overview of my tiny talk. It's only two pages, but I'm gonna give you an overview before I do it. And this is the idea. We've heard this in other weeks. The life of the triunity, the trinity, the life of the triunity is within you and is in within me. Now, because the life of God is in you and in me, um, we are made new like babies. We are not made whole, we are made new, okay? And he has given these new little babies <laughs> gifts and abilities and talents in order to serve and minister or administer the resources of God to each other, all right? Now, here's the huge contrast. The life of God is in you, and you are an immature baby. Very big contrast, all right? Now, what makes us mature, according to Paul in Ephesians 4? What makes us mature? Okay, the fragmented become, the fragmented in many become unified in one, and he, says, and he calls that maturity. Okay, so it begs the question, how do we become mature? And Paul says this, you can do that. You can become mature and grow unified by speaking the truth in love. That's my whole talk. I just gave it to you. Now, here's the three points. The life of the triunity is within you. That's point number one. The life of God, the very life of God is in you and in me. Now, I said this um, uh, last week is Jesus thought this. It's better that I leave you disciples. It's better that I, I go away to the Father because it's an advantage to you and, and you're gonna do bigger things than I, I ever did. It's better that I go away because I'm gonna send a comforter and a helper and a presence that the very life of God will be in you. Um, and I want you to know is because of that life of God, he has made you new. 1 Peter 2 tells us that. John 3 tells us that. He has made you a new baby, a fresh-faced, drooling, fat-cheeked baby. The kind people will be like, whoa, whoa, look at you, whoa, 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 whoa. you have a poopy diaper, don't you? All right? He has made you new. The life, now here it is, the, point one, the life of God himself is in you and in me. That's point number one. Point number two. You are so immature. <laughs> That's point number two. <laughs> Isn't this fun? <laughs> That's me too, by the way. All right, uh, think of this, think of this. Um, I, I, I just said this is, uh, you can have the most educated people, like just a page of degrees. And, and they're so talented and bright and they can think circles around you and you give them a baby and all of a sudden they're just like, whoa, 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 look at that, look at that, look at that coming down your cheek. And you're like, what are you? Come on, right? You're so adorable, I can just eat you up, I can just eat you up. Okay, mom, dad, um, would any of us take our kid? And let's say they retained their cherub, beautiful fat cheeks, oh my goodness. And we took them to the doctor at five years old. And uh, 
they hadn't begun to talk and there just wasn't a lot of development. And they said, Doc, um, well, hopefully you do it before five years old, by the way. But let's say you say, hey, like, I, what is going on? And what if the doc said, no, 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 you don't understand. He's so cute. Look at the shit of the cheeks. And you'd be like, Doc, I'm about to punch you in the face. No, nothing's wrong. Look at how adorable they are. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Paul thinks this. Paul thinks you are really immature. And he thinks I'm immature. How do I know that? Because Paul thinks he's immature. He says that that we may no longer be immature. So Paul thinks there's something about us that is immature. So if you think you are more mature than Paul, then you cannot get mad at me for saying that you are immature because that's my point too and you don't want to mess up my points, right? Um, l- l- let, me, let me show you how we are immature. Um, B- Paul says this, um, we're, we're not discerning. Like, I can't tell if this is good teaching or bad teaching. I just, I just like everything I see on Twitter, really. If they're my friend, it's, it must be okay. But what does a baby do? Um, my, my kids, when they were babies, they literally didn't know if they were, had their mouths on a bottle or if they had their mouths on my nose. They were not discerning. They were not discerning. And so how do you become a person who is a mature person that is spiritually mature? Well, you know the word of God. You know truth so that when you hear craziness, you're like, I actually think that's crazy. I actually think that's crazy because this truth over here says that that's not right. All right, how how does Paul know that we're immature? Um, We are so consumed with self. You've heard the Augustine quote, we are curved in on self. Um, That's why Paul says this, is I want you to bear with one another in love because all you do is think about yourself. What, what, What do we do with our kids, right? They grow up thinking all of the big people bring all of the good things to me. What do they think? Like, the, I am the center of the, this known world. And everyone dances around me and they pinch my cheeks and they show me lights and new sounds and they make me giggle. And what do we do when they get older? You're like, um, guess what? We need to share, right? Kid comes over, neighborhood kid. And, they're, and, and we're, like, we're like, whoa, that's really weird that you got violent and scratched his face. We share our toys, you say, in an embarrassed tone, right? We are so self-centered about everything about us. Paul thinks we're immature because it's, it's that self-centeredness, that selfishness, seeing all of life. Um, um, if, if, here's, here's a little litmus test. Okay, do you get super sensitive and bent out of shape? Like, let's say you 
especially like, let's say in a church community where someone didn't for, forgot to do something for you or, or didn't have something ready for you or, or just didn't say it in the right way. And you're like, well, I don't know if I'll ever go back. I can't believe that. That, you know what? Unforgivable, unforgivable. I'm not sure who I'm evoking there. Some from a very, very distant past church, I'm sure. <laughs> no laughter. <laughs> Nervous laughter. Um, all right. What is, what's, a, what's another mark of immaturity that Paul sees? Is babies always need new things. To feel the love and attention is on them. Right? If you, if you, had, if you had your kid over at my house... Um, I, I, I'd probably get on the floor and I'd be like, look, 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 jingle something in front of them. And they'd be like, ah, ah. But 10 seconds later, they'd be like, and I'd be like, ah, I've got an LED lighter. And I'd do it on the floor like a little kitten. And they'd be like, ah, ah, ah. And 10 seconds later, I, I would have to have thousands of activities so your kid was just entertained the whole time. Um, and you say, ha. I am not like a baby. What's the spiritual equivalent? What's the spiritual equivalent? I am like this and you are like this. That's why Paul calls us immature. Is I need to feel the love of God and I need to see and experience new answers to prayer answered. And I have to go from day to day and week to week and I have to have a charge and I have to see something different and something new. And, but, but for me to believe what? Oh, the pleasure of God is on your life, Tim. In Luke 10, you're, you, you will love this. I, I didn't see this before. In Luke 10, do you remember the part where Jesus um, sends out uh, the disciples, the 70 plus? And you know what he does? He gives them these powers. And he says, I'm going to give you these powers to cast out demons in my name. So they get booted out. All right. And see the scene. They come back from their capers and misadventures. Right. And what are they doing? What do they say upon coming back? They're like high-fiving each other. Like even the demons, even the demons, even the demons, even the demons. It was so awesome. We were like doing all this stuff and man, it was great. And you know what? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus essentially says, oh, you need to grow up. Don't get excited about that. Get excited that your names are in the book of life. Why does Jesus say that? Because we're really immature. Because there can be a day, there can be a day when you don't feel the rush and you don't feel like you're slaying demons and winning the world and the blessings are flowing. There's going to be a day when nothing of that is there. And you're going to know this. My name is written in the book of life and I can find joy, contentment, and security there this day. And I'm going to walk forward. Paul knows we're immature because of that, right? Okay. Um, so here we are. Point one was we have the life of God in you, in me. Point two is, and you are such a baby and I am such a baby. Look at, feel that contrast. You are made new and you are so immature. So that's where we are in our passage. And then Paul says this, point three, what makes you mature? What makes me mature? 
He says it's serving each other and administering and speaking the truth in love. Um, Because when we speak the truth in love, that is God's life in us and for us and for the people of God. It's going to give us life, his life, because the triune God, the triunity is alive in us. So none of us can do this though. Why? Oh, because we're super self-centered and selfish. You can't speak the truth in love and I can't speak the truth in love because we are so selfish and immature. We don't have the ability because we're immature. And we need it so bad to grow into unity that reflects the triunity of God. We need this so bad and you can't do it and I can't do it. What? What Tim, what are you gonna tell us? See, see, no one works on themselves alone. Only the community of God can bring this life to us. Only the community and the body of God can bring this life to us. And yet no one can speak the truth in love. Um, this This is really strange. Paul says this, um, it's not reflected there in your translation, but he says, he says, we, infants, plural, become, and the ESV there that we said, um, the, 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 is it the, man, the mature, mature manhood? Or, but but well, actually, literally, it's really weird. He says, we are becoming the man. We are becoming the man, which sounds really, but it's very very similar to what we said, the life of the triunity is within you. So something about the community is going to make us pull together to become singular, not plural. Something is going to happen. Now, you're an immature baby, you're adorable, you've got those cherub fat cheeks and you drool and you're so, so cute, but you're immature. I'm immature. All right. Some of us can love, but we don't tell the truth. Why? Um, Because we think about ourselves. Oh, we're super self-centered. Loving without truth does not achieve love. So so get this picture in your mind. It's as if um, your friend sees you pick up a glass of of. What's the stuff you're not supposed to drink? Antifreeze? Coolant? But it's sweet? Isn't it? Is, is that, that's right, right? That's not weird. I mean, it's weird that I'm saying it in a sermon, but it's not, it's not incorrect, right? <laughs> and let's say your friend just starts tipping it back. Hey, it's sweet. It's not bad. Like a thick Kool-Aid. Do you know what being loving without the truth is? I'm a... You just keep drinking. I'm going to rub your back. I totally know how it is. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let me rub your feet. Just, t- but, but keep drinking. Keep drinking. Keep drinking it up. I'm going to rub your feet here. Just gently. I'm going to be real nice. See, that's speaking love with no truth. And it doesn't achieve love. You will kill your friend. But why don't you do it? Because you're curved in on self and you're self-centered. You're like, I want them to like me more than tell them the truth. 
But some of us can tell the truth and we don't love. Some of us can tell the truth. Why? Oh, because we just think about ourselves. We're just as curved in on self, right? Um, uh, we want to be right. We want to be superior. We want to win arguments. We want to seem super smart. Um, and, and telling the truth without someone knowing that you are tenderly caring for all of their person will not achieve truth because you know what they'll do is they will harden their ears to your truth and they will not listen to your truth because it's not loving and tender and compassionate and kind. And yet this is what we need. None of us does this. We're babies. We're drool factories. So what, what happens? <laughs> I, I love this part. Did you, there is one place where, where, where truth, saying the truth in love was just pulled off to perfection. Perfection. Look, <laughs> the cross is the most truthful, direct, straight, insulting truth bomb that anyone has ever said to you and announced publicly to you about who you are. The cross just got it out there in the open. Now, um, these are my friends, and we are the leaders, the elders of your church. So um, my friend Gabe Pye and my friend Dave Tickner, Darren's not here, fortunately, tonight, and, and me, Tim Leon. Um, do you know what the cross says about me, Darren, Dave, and Gabe? And I can say this because we're leaders. We can handle it. <laughs> the cross says... You guys are such moral failures to the degree that you can't patch it up at all. You can't, you can't do a thing. You're so messed up. Uh, like, 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 check this out. This is what the cross says. Um, the only thing that could make up for the garbage of our souls, of Dave, Darren, Gabe, and Tim Leon, the only thing that could even approach making it right was a dead God. That's how, that is how messed up these gentlemen are. That is how messed up. Like, like, like how bad do you have to be Right? Think of the news you've been, you've been watching about people recently released from prison. Like, how bad do you have to be where um, five months in jail, 60 hours of community service, and a $5,000 fine doesn't make it right? <laughs> That's me, Dave, Darren, and Gabe. <laughs> Why is he laughing? That's horrible. That's horrible. And the cross says it about me. And you're not going to like this part, but the cross says it about you too. That is some pretty direct truth going on. And at the same time, at the same time, at the cross, you have a God who had the desire to willingly, willingly, willingly die instead of self-protection. Willingly love you in self-dying. Now, you can doubt a lot of things about Christianity. You can. I, I get the questions, but it's so, so very hard to doubt God's love at this very point. <laughs> you may be like, yeah, it's so truthful, but also loving. And you can't have the truth without love, and you can't have the love without the truth. Um, when you feed on this, 
When you feed on this daily, weekly, when you center your entire life around like, whoa, one dead God is so truthful to me and yet so loving, then what? You're growing into triunity. You're growing into triunity because what? Um, you've, you feed on this and you're enabled to give that very same truth and love to the people around you. It's radical truth combined with this overboard, generous, compassionate, tender lovingness to your friends. That, that will get you out of toddlerness into mature triunity of God. Let's pray into that. Jesus, um, your body, as you know, you know my own heart here. Um, I have not valued and treasured your body, even as a minister to your body, a pastor to your body. But I want more of it. I don't want to run away from the body. I want to move into the body because I don't want to stay a toddler. I want to grow, as Paul said, in every way into you. And I want that for us all here in our community as well. So by your spirit, through that cross and resurrection and through the will of your Father, make it happen to us, we pray. Amen. Um, this past week, that was a stunning, stunning idea to me that um, maturity in the Christian life is not personal development of internal therapy, but it's these many individuals, fragmented individuals, becoming one thing. Uh, the baby growing into fullness. Um, this is communion for us because it's one body and, and one Savior. One body and one Savior. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after giving thanks for it, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. So you want to take your, your wafer, and we've been doing this as um, we've been trying to get out of ourselves into the body. And, and I want you to say this to a friend, and it'll be weird if you have your mask on, or, but just look over, and they'll know that you're attempting it because they won't see the mouth, the, the mouth working unless you go mask, which is fine. We're outside. Um, but you say this. I won't make it to spiritual maturity unless I have you. I won't make it to spiritual maturity unless I have you. No, in faith, that's trust. Trust in his spirit and work. In faith, eat into that. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood.
do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it's, it's pretty important here. That word proclaim is that you're doing something for the world in glad announcement. And so this is a simple thought because it's based on the blood of Jesus that we have this, is I want you to tell someone, you say the cross is the best loving truth we have. The cross is the best loving truth we have. Can you say that? You can say it to me. That's right. So in faith, in that work, that most perfect, excellent work of loving truth. Would you drink to the, your own health in God, but also your neighbor's own health 